But I think after going through what I went through, it's just that it's like having that second chance of life. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more appreciative of everything. I think I just look at things and go, it could always be worse. Things could always be worse. Like it's, and all having got through that, I kind of think we'll get through it. Let's get on Mm -hmm. to the next thing. And Mm -hmm. so definitely some good has come from that horrible experience. Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. I'm Jennifer Cox. I'm Selima Saxton. And I'm Jane Green. What's made us angry this week, ladies? Shall I, shall I go? Can I go? Yes, I'm going. please go. I have had my Facebook account hacked. Oh, no. Stolen. And they have changed the password. Um, I mean, the email address associated with the account. So there is no way for me to get it back. And I have like 110,000 followers. What's made me really angry is not the fact that it's been hacked, but there's nobody to help. And, you know, I've got people at my publisher who are talking to Facebook reps and nobody seems to know what to do. And it is just... enormously frustrating and the scam actually is Hmm. once they take it over they start running charges up on ads on and so i got flagged so i had to replace all my credit cards but meanwhile it's now i feel sick yeah i i have no access to my um facebook weirdly it's still linked to instagram so Hmm. it can so what if i post on instagram it links to facebook but i can't control anything and can that but can the can they get into your instagram now via it completely i mean it's a complete bloody disaster and and have you changed everything on the instagram so that they don't now know it no but that's a very good idea just do that do it now I'm going to talk, but change your Instagram password right this very second. Okay, I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. it. Um, well, I'm going to talk about um, my mentoring, actually, which has made me a bit cross this week. Not my lovely uh, mentee. Is it a mentee? Probably. Um, yeah, not my lovely mentee, but um, just what we've been talking about. And and I was watching this brilliant TED talk by Ethan Hawke. I don't know if you've seen it, about art not being a luxury, being a sustenance. Um, it's a really good Google it if you haven't seen it. Mm. But um, watching that really related to the conversations I've been having, because this brilliant boy that I'm mentoring, um, you know, really wants to write, really wants to act. It shows a lot of talent. Um, it doesn't come from a demographic where it's all very easily accessible. And it's just getting harder and harder just even to live in London, isn't it? You know, like I, when I moved to London, I lived in a very cheap flat in Bethnal Green. Those flats don't exist anymore to rent. Um, mm. So um, I'm cross on his behalf because I agree with Ethan Hawke. Art is not a luxury. It is a sustenance. I agree with Ethan Hawke. Mm. Mm. So there you go. That's what I'm cross about. So I was talking to somebody the other day about how I'd been ranting about AI, you know, my rants, um, GPT, blah, 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 and how I feel it's a sort of slow suicide of the human race and what are we doing to ourselves and blah, blah. And they said, um, oh, did you talk about that then on the podcast? And I said, yes, yes, I talked about it. And, and I suddenly thought, oh, hang on. So when the robots <laughs> rise, <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. And then I thought, what the actual that I should be held hostage over 
you know, um, my my views. Is that the right way of expressing what I mean? Uh, just that I'm too frightened to speak up. <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> In case I get killed by a robot. There you go. That's what we've come I to. Well, my theory is that it's not going to be kind of, they, they're not going to take out, the robots will not target individuals. No, no, it's going to happen in one fell swoop. So, yeah, with right. any luck, it'll be super quick. We'll, we'll know nothing. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. That's probably I, more plausible. I'm real optimist about it. I think it could all work out really well. But anyway, Love the robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being really clever and, and allying myself. Think, yes. and of course, I'm like AI. Yeah. Hear me, hear me. AI ally. I love yeah. <laughs> clever, Selima. Oh, very clever. <laughs> Who are we meeting today? Today is our very first guest from the world of business. Um, it's Joe Touchner Sharp, who is the founder of the ubiquitous fashion brand Scamp and Deed. So Joe launched the company in 2016 after life-saving brain surgery with the founding ethos that she wanted to create something that would help people. And she has done just that on an extraordinary scale. From donating thousands of superhero sleep buddies to kids either in hospital themselves or who, lost, who have lost a parent, to Scamp's current campaign, donating over 22,000 super scarves to women with cancer, with the aim being to donate to every woman starting chemo in the UK, please, please welcome the powerhouse who has been known to say, have adventures, take risks, wear your best pants and dance on tables. She's been very busy. Please welcome the superhero that is Jo Touchner-Sharp. Oh, Yay, Jo, welcome. <laughs> Such um, a lovely introduction. Thank you. Well, it's all true, isn't it? Oh. I didn't. I didn't make any of it up. So it was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you are a you are a true true powerhouse mm, and a yeah. hero. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Very yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, should we go straight into it and ask you what makes you angry? So I was thinking about this because I, I'm i generally not a massive angry person, yeah. but there are a few very silly little things that make me very angry. And then there are kind of more important things, I suppose, that make me a little bit more angry. Mm. So I thought I'd start with the silly things. Yeah. One is noisy eating. Oh. And I think, <laughs> no, that's I think a thing. No, that's it a is a thing. It's a condition. It's, yeah. It's misophonia. It's a. It's actually a. It's a. Or mis Is it misophonia? Yeah, I think. I think like it is something like that. Yeah. 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 My oh. my husband gets really upset with me, but I I have to tell him I had to have music on while we're eating because I it is it's literally a rage and I can't do anything about it and I'm I'm get so angry inside and it's the same it's the same with sniffing and. Uh, coughing on trains. <laughs> oh my god! Any any kind of really <laughs> annoying noise, I find it really rage-inducing. Right. Um, I think disgust and anger are really closely related yeah. in our minds, and one does kick the other off quite easily. So yeah. that makes sense. Yes. Hmm. And I've I've been to, I have been known to move carriages. And one, I think I might have had a particular day that was just, I must have been a little bit more stressed than normal. And I moved carriages three times because I'd sit there and there was someone sniffing and I was like, oh my God, there's someone sniffing. I'm going to have to move. Moved, 
then there's someone coughing constantly. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to move again. And then there was someone eating an apple. And I was like, oh my goodness, I am literally Can I read you the definition? Because it's really interesting. Yeah. Misophonia is a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physiological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstances. Yes. <laughs> Those who have misophonia might describe it as a sound that drives you crazy. Their reactions can range from anger and annoyance to panic and the need to flee. Yeah, isn't that interesting. Nice. It's really yeah. it's quite common, actually. I definitely have that. And the the other one that might fit into this is uh, clicking a pen in meetings. Like it's amazing the amount of people that click. Yeah, I'm one. I'm Joe. Sorry, I'm one of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, are you? You're a clicker. Yeah, I am. Who's a clicker? Yeah, I am. I love a click. I love a click. Yeah. But think of Joe. Think of Joe next time. Okay, I will. I will. (laughs) I can't hear anything anyone's saying because my brain is totally only focusing on the click. I can't hear. I can't hear anything. I'm just like I can't answer that question because all I'm thinking about is that clicking of your pen. It's like, wow. But is is this related to your kind of drive? Because look, you're obviously a soup. You're somebody who can really focus, obviously brilliantly. Like I wonder. I'm being trying to be terribly kind to you about. You are being really kind to me, but no. But, but I wonder actually, if it is linked, Jenny, psychotherapist. Is it linked? Somebody oh well, I'm like thinking. Soup- I'm yeah. thinking this. Say more, Joe. What do you feel? Well, interestingly, my. The only so after my brain surgery, the only change I've really found is I can't focus when there's two noises going on. So if the radio's on, I can't have a conversation with somebody. I need I have to I work in silence. I can't seem to cope with two noises at, at once. Mm. And it might not be from that, but I only noticed it after that. Mm. And also I thought that might be what the clicking pen is as well, because I'm focusing on the clicking pen and then I can't focus on what people are saying. I've yeah. always been annoyed by noisy eating, so I don't think that's to do with it. Um, but the other two things are newer, and I have thought, hmm, I'd be quite interesting to speak to a doctor and go, "Is could that be a thing? Can I ask a question as well? You mentioned your brain surgery, and you had this clearly terrifying experience where you you had a, a brain hemorrhage. And, and I just wondered, because you said earlier you really don't feel angry. Did you ever, was, is that something, did you notice any change in that before and after? Um, not, I think I've never really been an angry person, but, and, but after, I think I've been a lot more grateful and a lot more, I've appreciated everything a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I think I've always been a very positive person because my parents are super, super positive. People always look on the bright side. If anything bad happens, they always find a good angle. And I've definitely picked that up from them. But I think after going through what I went through, it's just, it's like having that second chance of life. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more appreciative of everything. I think I just look at things and go, it could always be worse. Things could always be worse. Like it's, and all having got through that, I kind of think we'll get through it. Let's get on Mm -hmm. to the next thing. And Mm -hmm. so definitely some good has come from that horrible experience. Also, Joe, when something like that happens, I wonder, do you go through all the stages of grief or do you go through a stage of anger in that or was that not part of it for you um i think initially i had a bit of a bit of a panic of what caused it i think i one i remember a real feeling of when as soon as i knew i'd had the hemorrhage and then i got this lump and i didn't know what it was at first and i was remember saying to the doctors and nurses what could have caused this and and they one of them had said oh it could be radiation or something and i was thinking oh my god is it my phone because i've always got my phone here and is it because i've got my phone next to my bed it's cool and this is before i even knew what it was you go through real 
kind of panics. I never had that mm. why me thing because I always it's all it's luck of the draw, isn't it? If, mm-hmm. if you get it, um, my my main absolute panic was leaving the boys. My children were only one and three when it happened, and oh that was gosh. my overriding thing. Was I cannot leave these boys without a mum? Like that's all I could really focus on. It came very became very very kind of tunnel vision I must survive for these boys and I find myself really kind of shutting down a little bit and almost shutting people out and just going right I'm focusing on my family my parents my sisters my core best friends Mm -hmm. and I didn't even tell most people it was happening and just bunkered down to go right we're going to get through this let's let's get through it and I think it's I find it quite interesting how different people deal with it in different ways and now lots of people are very open on social media about everything that's going on and I think it's great because if you've got something wrong with you, you're desperate to look for other people who have got something wrong with them and see how they're dealing with it. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't say anything. I, I like literally went in and went. Right. But there's something, it's making me think about what you said earlier about that sort of, in a way with your systems of attention, how, how you need to stay very, very focused and sort of very honed in on the task at hand and anything else feels like a distraction and feels disruptive. And I wonder whether, you know, you say that's sort of in a way an after effect possibly or something that's come through from having this horrible experience. But I wonder if you're sort of also using it to your advantage in that as salima said your drive your forward focus your ambition it's it's all sort of being sculpted in a positive way mm, yeah it could be it's interesting i've not i've not put a huge amount of thought into it but it's quite yeah it could it could be we're forcing you to now yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, do you, but do you think scamp and dude would have got to such stratospheric heights without that experience or do you think you were always going in that way anyway um I mean, is it because well, it's a very think... speedy success story, isn't it? I yeah, mean, and I don't. I mean, I don't think Scamp and Dude would even be here if I hadn't gone through that because yeah. the whole idea from it came from thinking I might leave the kids and worrying about children being separated from their parents. And it started off, even though it's a women's wear brand now with a kids collection, it started off as a kids brand. And it was all about filling kids with strength and courage and superpowers. Like we've all got a superpower button on everything that they can press for superpowers and courage. Um, and that, that was it was that's what it was all about. But that only came about because I had to be separated from my kids for 10 days in hospital because I had shaved my staples and I didn't want them to see me like that. So it was uh, that's what inspired it. I wouldn't have done it before I had um, my brain hemorrhage. I was I did. I used to have my own PR agency, which was and then when I sold my shares in that, I was going to set up a skincare brand. And it was only when I actually had became ill, I thought no, no, I have to do It's. I looked back at my life and thought, I haven't, what's my legacy? And I don't mm. mean that in it. So your values totally like changed. What, what, dif- what difference have I made to this world? What have I actually done that's done any good? I've had a great fun and had a PR agency, but what have I done that's actually good? And that's when I went, right, I'm not doing the skincare line. I'm going to do something that helps people. What can I do that helps people? And I thought, my kids have just been without me for 10 days. I wish I could have given them a little superhero to watch over them. And on the back, I could put a little pocket and put my photo and say, this superhero is going to watch over you and mummy's still with you. And then I thought for everyone sold, I could donate one to a child who does lose a parent or who's seriously ill. And then I would be helping in some little tiny way to make them feel more secure and the parent feel more secure that their child feels more secure. 
So that's where the idea came from. And it, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have gone through that. So well, what a beautiful response. I mean, what a positive. I mean, I find it very, even though I know the story, obviously, already, Joe, it's very moving to hear it again. It's <laughs> it such a pure mother's response, actually, yes. as well, isn't it? Or parent, it really parent's yeah. response yeah. to that. And how extraordinary that that has propelled your life forward in this way, you know, and changed your life over the last, how many, uh, well. It'll be seven eight, years seven in eight eight November, years. Yes. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I yeah, sorry. Sorry, um, um, I do think these life life and death experiences, if, if, you know, if we're lucky enough to come through to the other side, they can't really help but be life-changing. Um, and, you know, I remember um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I sort of think of it as cancer light because I didn't luckily have to have chemo. Um, but the, as many years ago as it was, I can't even imagine, I don't even know now, it's like nine years, I think maybe 10. Um, but I remember that it threw everything into very sharp focus and suddenly everything became incredibly beautiful. The sky was very mm. blue. And and it it can give you this kind of complete renewed appreciation and gratitude for life. And and I love that you I'm presuming that happened for you and that you took that and and did what so many people do, you know, do, just go on to create something really good and powerful in the world. It's like yeah. a real second chance, isn't it? Yeah, I think that was exactly it for me. It was a. Uh... Um, business-wise it was like this fire in my belly and this pre like I've been given a second chance I'm going to do this I mean I'd never created a fashion brand before I'd never manufactured and never done any of this but I was like I can do this I can do this why not and just had I guess I lost the fear I was just like I can do it Mm. let's just give it a go life short I've got another chance I'm going to go for it and definitely the um, sunset thing and the appreciation of how beautiful everything is. And I was driving people mad because I was going, oh my God, just look at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and being so grateful for everything and the sitting, yeah, loads of things like that. 100, that's very, very true. I, I think as well that losing a fear of death opens up so many possibilities. And once you've actually stood there and looked death in the eye, it 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 really does change because you're you're sort of no longer frightened of it. Mm. It's really interesting, actually, that because I wonder how much of our inhibition is to do with a sort of existential fear of of like falling on our face, like dying, sort of a metaphorical dying. I died. I tried something and it didn't work. I failed. Whereas when you really know what to die could be, yeah, suddenly that is what's that? Yeah. 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 And actually, and then failure becomes all the more obviously part of the road to success, doesn't it? One can see that also very clearly. Joe, we always ask people, um, how do they tend to express anger? And I wonder in your case, how that would work. I mean, just on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think if it's Mm. the clicking pen thing, it's like a, a, or a noise eating thing, it's usually an inner rage that can sometimes get to the point where it starts to be a bit more of an outer range. So I have to go, oh, excuse me, would you possibly mind? Stopping Very British. Okay. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then trying to go, just ever since my surgery, I can't focus on two things. And if you wouldn't mind, there's nothing to do with you. It's a lovely, lovely sound, but... Uh, <laughs> lovely sound. Lovely sound, but, but no. It's nice, but... If you're truly furious about something or other, 
you know, or or not like a let oh there's there's conflict involved. I mean, because like, mm. I want well, I you know my husband has his own business, so you know it's often I witness these conflicts where I know that I would be hiding under a duvet in order not to discuss this. How how do you communicate those in those kind of moments? No, I think I am generally very calm in those situations and do just talk through things. And then if I do get very very if it starts when your chest starts getting really tight and really flappy because you're getting even more angry, but I'm very, very calm. And then when it comes to a head, it's usually tears <laughs> rather than mm. rather than it's it's just the tears. Then it's what most up. women say. Yeah. yeah, I think that women who are not um, used to anger will often it, the anger will then translate to tears or something mm-hmm. else. But I think for those of us. <clears throat> me and Salima, who grew up in, in possibly very angry households, um, I, I think perhaps our inclination is more to anger is our go-to because that's what was modelled. And the anger mm. is hiding the fear and the anxiety and, in fact, the tears, where where because it wasn't safe to be vulnerable and to cry. And so rather than do that, we, we get angry. So I, I, I do think it, it's so fascinating. I loved... Um, Joe, I'm sort of studying you a bit like this. I feel a bit like a scientist who's discovered this specimen. I don't. Gosh, I don't. <laughs> know. I've never met anyone why, who didn't grow up with, whose parents were just not oh, lovely and yeah. very calm. And yeah. oh, I, I just, I don't quite. I'm fascinated, but it, it's so not part of my my experience. I mean, they would sometimes get angry, but not very often. Like I'd get told off for leaving a book somewhere that shouldn't have been left somewhere or little kind of, but nothing really. I mean, yeah, I had a very, very idyllic childhood, I guess. But do you know what? It's so interesting how you can kind of read that in Grown Up Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Even... I would guess you always struck me on Joe. I've only never known you a little bit, but you always struck me as someone who's pretty straight talking and kind of can... And and you have been with me actually, um, just mm. in the little that we've spoken. Um, and I wonder if the kind of like safety net of it's, having yeah. coming from that kind of family mm. uh, allows that a little more. Whereas I've spent years, you know, I've been undoing the people pleasing for like the last couple of decades, and now and now in my forties, I finally feel a bit more able to say no, or I don't like this, or that, mm. or you, or whatever. But um, you always struck me as someone who can kind of just say it yeah I think my I think I I thank my parents for so much because of my confidence it's not yeah I've never been cocky or arrogant it's just but I am confident and I think it's just a confident of knowing that I was loved as a child and kind of from a home where my parents are just they're just awesome they're just are awesome people they're really so kind so positive so they're just they're great so I I do feel very privileged to have had them as my parents, definitely. And can I, so can I just ask on this sort of expression of anger point then, um, do you sometimes wish you could do something other than cry? Like what would you fantasize it would look like? So I often have a dream and my dream is I can't scream. And I think that's quite interesting because I've had, I've had, um, I think sometimes maybe I would like to be able to just go. (laughs) I used to have it quite a lot, this dream. I haven't had it for quite a long time, actually. But I remember thinking of it like, oh, God, I just feel like I cannot scream. Um, And I've often wondered if something terrible happened to me, 
say I was mugged or something, would I not be able to scream? Because I feel like I can't scream. Like a kind of frozen sensation. Mm, mm. Yes. I do think the kind of tear response in women is part of the the kind of play dead, roll over, be submissive. I'm not dangerous. I'm not a threat. Leave me alone, please. Go away and bother someone else. You know, it's it's a defense mechanism. But yeah. what's underneath? It'd be so fascinating, wouldn't it, if we could just uncork it for everybody and see what came. Yeah. <laughs> a scream, <laughs> maybe. A scream yeah. would come. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just thinking yeah. about the the kind of the safety of your childhood. And I, I it's something that so often isn't talked about. And yet I think it, you know, the foundation of your life is is set in childhood. And and of mm. course we know that our parents are doing the best they can with the knowledge that they have. But I see, you know, hearing you speak is is really wonderful. And I have to throw this in because I'm obsessed with him this week. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Um, well, I noticed yes, you were Styles. obsessed with him. Yes, Jay. I have noticed. Yeah. But actually, yes. what I'm obsessed with is is his humility and graciousness and, mm. and proper. Actually, it's authenticity. He's completely mm. authentic. Yeah. And and I was watching something where he talked about his mum and he just said, she's just the most amazing woman ever. She's the kindest woman I've ever met. And I think about all of the the child stars, because remember, he shot to fame at 16. The child stars that we've watched get famous and careen into drugs and alcohol and, and mm. abuse and all kinds of disasters. And in fact, it's hard for me to pick one who hasn't. Mm. And yet you look at at a Harry Styles and you realize that he is the way he is and fame has not changed him at all because he he was raised in in a in a house that was filled with with love and that made him feel very safe yeah mm, which grounded him and also I think as an adult if you have that and Joe I would guess yeah you you definitely had that then it enables you to be a bit braver perhaps as well because you just you've, you've cemented exactly your Jonas from a very early age, right? So yeah, and if someone's and then you're pass, on. passing it on to your children as well, because I've very much got the same that I want my children to have that feeling, and kindness is like the one of the number one things in our family, and that. So I want my kids to go on feeling loved and safe and mm. confident, but not arrogant, and <laughs> to know that kindness is. You've got. You should be looking out for everybody, and and that that's instilling that in in them is really important to me. Mm. Um, yeah. Has there been a time for you that you would describe is your angriest, or does that not factor? No, I had um I had a unpleasant experience with my old business where I had a situation where I felt like really wronged mm. and. I won't go into it, but it was a time where I was, I was really angry and upset because partly because it was so wrong and I'm, I know what's right and wrong. And I'm a bit pretty stickler on that. And if I see anything like even at a kid's party this week, I'd taken um, Jude to a kid's party and I could see one of his friends being really mean to another little boy. And I couldn't just sit by and watch. I had to go over and say, Oh, what, what you just did was really unkind. Do you realize why? And that, You've really that you've hurt him. Please don't do that again. And because I can feel like I can't watch this. This is this is horrible. Mm. And this this was a situation where it was just so wrong what had happened. And it, I think I I I'm 
I'm all about integrity and authenticity and anyone who isn't doesn't do that and does something really wrong and unkind and hot, I find it so bewilderingly awful that that that's probably when I get my the most angry. So I'm just like, this is not right. This is not, this is not right. And yeah, that's that gets the rage. But again, it's a bit of, it's usually a bit of an inner rage. Being being a woman and not just being then intrinsically tribal. You're someone who kind of goes, mm, I'm calling that out. So I I, I respect that. That's well, it's also because Joe doesn't, I mean, I, I'm guessing that you don't have a people-pleasing bone in your body because you didn't need one. Um, and mm. so whereas others might think, oh, you know what, I can't say something. Um, it, in it case. Boundaries in are, are, are easy, I would imagine, which also, oh, yeah. is, which also I, I would guess is a contributing factor to your success. I mean, I, I do always call things out, but I do it kindly. I would never be yeah. rude or mean, mm, but yeah. I do it. I do always call things out if something's wrong. I'll say, yeah. no, 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 that's not. But I'll, I, yeah, in a nice way. But I think it's important to call things out. So, you know, but maybe that is what you do. You see it, I call it out. But when you feel then uh, anger at an injustice that you see, perhaps the calling out is what you do about it. So it yeah. isn't completely internalized. You are converting it into a positive, you know, outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I feel like I've almost resolved that because I've gone, no, don't do that again. Yeah. That's yeah. not right. In the moment. Yeah. And actually we can confuse, can't we? The word anger with someone kind of like, you know, retaliating. Absolutely. Or something kind yes. of loudly. But actually it sounds like Joe feels the anger and then with her head responds, yeah. but yes, kind of sorts Anger out. is just energy. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. I forget. That. And we all ex- experience it differently. Joe, in moments of post anger, post conflict, or just in your in your life generally, and also post illness, if you don't mind me referring back to that moment in your life, what do you do to be calm yourself? I think usually I just focus on what's what the really important things and appreciate that. So like my family, my kids, and go. I'm so grateful for everything I've got, like my garden, like you do all the things that you just go, I'm so grateful to have this garden. I'm so grateful to have my boys and I'm so grateful for all these things. I think I'm quite good at looking at all the great things in my life. So if something's a bit rubbish, just focus on the really great things. I'm quite good at doing that. And it seems to pick pick me up because I don't really have time to do a lot of kind of well-being because I, of, I often get asked that in interviews like, what do you do for well-being and I'm like do you have a bath <laughs> 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 I don't really have time because it's like the work and then the kids it's kind of um so I would say it's that it's focusing on the things that are really important and make me very happy and think oh that's awesome it's fine but it sounds like you meditate without knowing it anyway yeah that kind of living affirmations yeah yeah Yeah. and I think it's interesting what you said I'd never thought of it like that that actually when I get that rage calling it out is like pass is passing it on I've gone oh my goodness and then I've gone no please that that, please don't do that again that's like this and then I go huh okay yeah so you're right I'm not actually internalizing it I'm just dealing with it in a very calm way Mm. Mm. there you go great wonderful wonderful (laughs) message for for all of us and Mm. all of us listening actually Mm. I think that's really a brilliant brilliant tool yeah because that's something that I'm not great at actually I need to learn to do that are you making a note (laughs) I'm not writing this down (laughs) yes Joe it requires yeah. the thinking to stay online, doesn't it? You know, you can't you yeah, can't sort true. of go into one of these freezing states or anything. You have yes. to keep thinking through it. Yes. 
calmly. Mm. Oh, Joe, thank you so much. It's been so yeah, brilliant. Thank you. It was you lovely on. to thank meet you. you. Thank really you. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. It was lovely to meet you all as well. And it was very, it was like, it made me think a lot, actually. It's a bit like a therapy session. I'm like, oh. I mean, Joe, we're, we're all really in awe of what you've done, just so you know that. You know, you should be so proud of yourself. Thank you. That's very yeah. exceptional. Very yeah. Yeah, done brilliantly. Everybody have a wonderful <laughs> Yeah, have, have a lovely evening. evening. Yeah. yeah. Much love, Joe. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.